Somewhere in the West, there's a place where sound, soul, and groove meet. Where the music of new artists meets listeners like you. Just like the ocean meeting the shore. We call that place the Groove Coast. And now, here are your hosts, John Celentano and Daryl Craig Harris. Wow, we're glad to be back. How you doing, John? <laughs> we're glad, glad to be anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, right? Yeah, what, what, a, what a crazy couple of three months. Man, yeah, this is this is the first thing, uh, I think it's the first time we've seen each other in person since, yeah. in person yeah. since March. Yeah, we did, we did the think. one podcast via phone, which was a challenge. Yep. <laughs> it was a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, cool, how you been doing, John? Good, man, just staying afloat and trying to stay busy. Yeah, you're back um, teaching, right? Uh, to a degree, um, the, the organization I work for has brought the staff back. Um, and for a while, they, they had us doing um, uh, lessons, you know, video lessons okay. for, our, for our clients and students. And um, uh, just a few days, within the last few days, we've had uh, students back in the classrooms, just very small numbers, like three, no more than, I don't think I had any more than four. Right. Um, okay. So slowly trying to crawl back. Yeah, kind of wrapping back up. And... Yeah, 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 slowly. Cool. Slowly. How about you? Oh, good, man. i just actually been doing like, session stuff at home recording and, and yeah. some friends in Finland we released a single um, so that's actually been doing really well cool. the Finnish singer um, yeah you know like but try to stay busy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it turns into Groundhog Day my whole, my whole career is becoming exactly what I wanted to be I wanted to be virtual I wanted to work yeah. from home I don't like to leave the house anyway yeah you're so virtual this, in one way this has been <laughs> kind of a good thing you're that's virtual and global that's what I want um, so John why don't you introduce our illustrious guest we have a great guest today um uh, I think we've known each other for several years. A few About 10 years. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, our guest today is the fantastic pianist, composer, arranger, and now a record mogul. Uh, <laughs> yes! Right? Yeah, of course. Uli Geisendorfer. Yay. And I think after 10 years, I still don't quite know how to pronounce your last name. You was did I, a marvelous job. Was I even job in the ballpark? That was very good. Really? Yes. He didn't I, say it was I, right, he said it was very good. <laughs> no, you said, said in the ballpark. It's a good effort. In the ballpark, it was right there. Okay. Was well, it a home run? Close. No. I know. I'll take. I'll take a. You know. I'll, I'll take no. it in the park home. You run know what? Time. Over the last thirty years, then I take anything if it's even close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the first time I ever heard of you was it was you, you didn't have a last name. You had a last initial, and Ouija. that was it. Yes. Is that because people could not pronounce? I, actually, I started that when I moved to. Oh God. When I left Texas and moved to Connecticut, I just had Uli G. Because Geisendorfer was, you know, it was not as sexy, you know, and many people don't know how to pronounce it. And then, of course, L.A.G. started. Oh, my God. Yes. And so everybody was, you know, joking so, about it. And I finally listened to an episode and go, like, oh, shit, I ain't going to work. <laughs> I'm going to have to rethink this. I, I'm going back to Geisendorfer. You need more, more tracksuits and jewelry for that. Yeah. Too, uh, no kidding. And, and then when I recorded my first album, the, the extension, I gave it to some people, actually, as well in Europe. And he goes, wow, it's a great Latin jazz album. Yes, we would love to put it out, but Geisendorfer, it's not Latin jazz. <laughs> would you change your name? And so then I went like, okay, I would change. Or, and I finally said, yes, that's it, Geisendorfer. You, you know, know what? I, Schwarzenegger I, didn't change his name. Right? Looked, it worked out okay him. for him. And he became governor. <laughs> so I, I started working out. <laughs> there you go, right. The, so, ne- the next the governor of Nevada. Yes, guys exactly. <laughs> so we, we um, I, I had done an interview with you, a video yeah. interview, actually, for yeah. Jazz in Europe uh, magazine, and uh, that did really well. And so tell us, 
we kind of covered your background, but so tell us how you came to Vegas originally. Originally, it was through Cirque. Okay. Cirque du Soleil. They had a new production that was going on called Viva Elvis, a show which unfortunately only lasted a couple of years. And, and that got me to Vegas. Uh, at that time, I was living in New York, and we just had our second and you're child. And you're from uh, where from originally? I'm originally from Munich, Germany. Okay, cool. And so we just had our second child, and it was a small Brooklyn apartment with two children, a grand piano, a drum set, a thousand <laughs> CDs, wow. a thousand records. Right uncounted, I mean, at least a thousand books. And to, of course, two grown-ups that are trying to maneuver it too. So it's like that, we had to move out. Yeah. And so what are we gonna do? Move to Jersey, move back to Europe. And then this thing with Cirque came up and the two different shows, actually one was a travel show and then one was the, the Elvis show. And I got the Elvis show, I just yeah. both of them. Got the Elvis show and so we moved out to So Paris. I was like, so I mean, you're, you're basically known as a, I guess a jazz player, even though that sounds kind of constricting because yeah. you do a lot of things, but, um, how did the Cirque thing originally happen? Did you just do the audition or? No, I had played with Cirque. Oh, okay. When I lived in New York, there was a trumpet player, Omar Kabir, who just a month ago moved back to New York from Europe. And we played together, Latin jazz, a, mm. a group with uh, William Cepeda. And there was a production that came in from Europe, a crazy restaurant theater that incorporated Art history and, and circus artists with original music. Yeah. And circus a, in Europe is still a big thing. Right? Exactly, with a four course meal. And so this production was in New York, bombed. Then it went to Atlanta, it was 94 during the Olympics. It ran out of money. But since Wardarts, the owner, had helped Guy, the circus oh, okay. owner, in Europe to become a success, he in turn helped Wardarts again. So they put the show back together, put it back to Europe. And the guys had heard me play in the club and they wanted me to join the show. And just right. when I was about to join the show, it faulted. Oh, okay. And then so a year later, they called back. And said, hey, we putting it together. And I go, okay, great. Where are we going to go? And they go, yeah, we're going to Germany. I said, no. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, what? But, I can't, really? But we went to Hamburg. And Hamburg is a fantastic city. Yeah, so. I love Germany. I actually, I've been to Munich. Yeah. Um, when I was with Cirque in Tokyo, we went there for um, vacation. Such a cool place. I mean, like, there's a lot of art. You played with Paul Hansen? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah jazz bassoon player. Yeah. Yeah. He's an amazing player. Yeah. Paul's a, Paul's a, like a savant. We were mm -hmm. talking about that earlier. Yeah. Like, just a musically gifted. Like, yes. Great. He's actually touring with Billy Copham. That's um, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His group right now, Crosswinds Project. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This Crosswinds Project. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So, yeah, the Cirque thing. Yeah. It's funny. And so that, that got me out here. And then there was a short lived thing. They actually didn't need, didn't need me there. Because eventually, first I was on stage, I was playing piano, conducting, yeah. triggering the loops, playing some harmonica because I love to play blues harp, right. and, and even acting at some couple of scenes. And that all got turned around after Guy saw it like the first time. Yeah, on. those shows tend to change. Exactly. Right? Sundog <laughs> comes in, everything changes. Yeah. Suddenly I was in in the lighting booth just triggering loops. Oh, okay. Starting to lose my chops. And, and you're like, that's not what I signed up for. No. <laughs> And I asked him, so this is cool, but what's plan B? There's no plan B. I said, we've got to work on a plan B. Yeah. So eventually there came a plan B and I left it. Um, so then what was that? I mean, were you missing doing jazz on that? But like, I, was like, I mean, those are great gigs. The circuits are great. But... Um, no, I wasn't really doing any jazz. I played rock and roll. That's really yeah. my background. Okay. I mean, I was a drum and rock and roll band when I was oh, a teenager. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. No, and, and then well, I always played piano, but then uh, until at like 17, it took till I finally came back to the piano and said, that's, that's what I want to oh, do. Okay. Uh, and so my background is much more in rock and roll, southern rock, blues rock, down home blues. Uh, that's really my home base. Right. And then the then came Latin music, then came jazz, 
And that's what people people ask me like, like aren't you, aren't you uh, this or this or that player? I'm like, I'm actually like a working player. Yeah, right. And as we all know, like to be working, you sort of exactly. have to be a chameleon. Yeah. Right? yeah. And when you live in New York, I mean, that's the thing. You have to play everything that comes your way. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't turn I, down gigs, right? No. And, and and I played everything in New York, but pure jazz. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was not really in the jazz scene there. It, it was like that was sort of like Winton, you know, whole Lincoln Center took over right. and the suits and everything and really straight ahead. And I was always more in like Latin jazz, African jazz, crossover things that I'd like to do. And so I made a whole living that. And then I did cabaret uh, for a couple of years and I did Big Apple Circus. I was the MD with them. So you, um, all kinds it, it, of stuff. Well, in Vegas, um, you kind of like carved out a really interesting niche because there aren't a lot of, I mean, people, I don't know if people would think there would be jazz clubs here or not, but there really is basically one, right? Uh, sadly, yeah. but yeah. at the moment there's none. Well, yeah, well, true. Yeah. But I mean, what's, but, the, what's, what's the, um, the, just the, the, jazz the dispensary club? lounge? Right. Yeah, I started that, it's now eight and a half years ago. Wow. And, and we had all kinds of, speaking of, Winton even played with us there. Yeah. Awesome. At one point. And were you there? I ducked night? in for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was amazing. That was the only time we ever opened really on a Thursday. And only because Winton played in town and some of our friends were friends with the band and said, yeah, we're going to come out. And so he came out, and it was just word of mouth. Mm -hmm. I drove up at like 9.30 and going like, let's see if anybody is there. The place was packed. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, where'd it gotten out, right? When you walked in, yeah. the, the, the air in the room changed. <laughs> oh, it did. The, oh, yeah, the whole yeah. atmosphere of the place changed. Oh, you, you know else. there was some, some jazz royalty walking in oh, there. Oh, man. And then he even played with us. He stood right by the column. Yeah, right, and, right. And he played with it. He played. Uh, what is this thing called? Love, I think. Mm -hmm. For, uh, and yeah. then, and then Vince Gardner, his trombonist, he stayed with us all night. And and then Vince, uh, and then went went back to the hotel. Also, some people came up to talk to him. He said, eh, I just want to have a beer. Yeah. And but so we had so many great players in there because I also that I started teaching at UNLV. Right. And I started a lecture series there. I got a grant through a student of mine. So what do you, um, what's your position at UNLV? Because I know you do, you're involved in a lot of different I'm, parts of the program. I, I do all kinds of things, but I'm basically adjunct, so I'm not okay. full-time. Right. So I teach the Latin so Ensemble. So that's University of Las Vegas for people who don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I, I teach the Latin Ensemble. I oversee all the whole small group okay. program. I once taught jazz history, then I taught jazz style analysis, different mm -hmm. things were happening. Then I have private students in piano and composition. And, right. But it's it's sort of it's just you know part time, which is. Do you have a Do you have a favorite part about teaching, or is it just you just enjoy because you're kind of like really diverse, right? You know, uh, there are two favorite things about teaching. First of all, when you say something, you realize, wow, you just you just really were able to encapsulate some truth, and the student got it. Right, you know, and you you, can see you, the spark, it, it was right? the morsel. Not only were you able to to really say beautifully or get it across, but he got it or she got it, mm -hmm. and it f flew with him. And then the second favorite part is when my students call me up. They're now teaching, uh, studying at Berkeley, or one just finished at Eastman or uh, University of Miami. They come up in the summer. And they call me up. They come to hang at the house and yeah. we play together. So now they're sort of they sort of become colleagues, right? Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, two of mine are uh, now on the label. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and awesome. and so when it's when it becomes when students become friends, when it you know when it just becomes one big melange. I start when I started playing. I remember that you know there were like people like when I was 16, 17, there were 50, 60, and we're like, wow. But when you start playing music, that sort of it drops away. Right? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's not always completely, but it does. Mm. 
and 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 so music's timeless you know it, it's it's ageless it's yeah. like either you play it or you don't so you have um you have your your trio i have my trio and then you also now have uh, vegas records which is your label which is my label um so tell me tell me about the trio like who's playing with you in that and, and you guys have released records yeah so um actually the first album that came out number one that came out was the trio record um which was funny i had a record contract in new york with soho but then I started the label. I went like, well, if I don't put on my own record on my own label, I'd oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. that would go that. So that was the first one. Actually, the first one that was, I did a, a crossover with the Barry Gofskis, which was a jazz klezmer project with an amazing violinist from New York, the klezmer violinist, Alicia Svigels. And then came the trio CD. And in the trio is my house trio, basically, from the Spencer okay. Lounge. Who's, uh, who's it playing? Dave Ostrom on okay. bass right. and Angelo Stokes on drums. Yeah, Angelo, they're both really great players. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're wonderful players. They're definitely world titles. Yeah. I mean, Dave right. on the bass, you know, he played with Pat Martino on the road. He was studying in New York. He, Dave has an ability. He knows how to just stay on the just first position for a whole song if you needed to. At the same time, when he plays solo or when you let him free, I love his. He's a composer too. The way he plays yeah. is is very compositional. That, that's that's the difference. Like you know, like we um, guys like I, I guess Marcus Miller is, was one that comes to mind. Yeah. Like I saw Marcus live in Tokyo was the last time, and I'm watching him play, and I'm thinking, you know, he's it's interesting because it's not. You, people would think it would just be a big bass solo. Mm -hmm. It's not. Like he's, you can tell he's thinking as a producer and a yeah. writer because he's playing parts that actually work for the song, and he'll do the bass solo stuff that people expect. But he actually, just like Miles, which is something I really loved, is Miles would really go out of his way to feature young players. Oh, yeah. And that was something I think that's that's really awesome. And then finding guys, like you're saying, with, with him, where, where they play for the song, yeah. and that frame of mind, it's a whole different thing, right? It, it's also the song, and also he's, he's a great accompanist. He probably plays different with different people. I, right. I know he does. But, like, I love when a bass player just... You know, I, I do some odd stuff because I love to do, I could like, this would be the right change. Let's do try something else. Yeah. And he goes like, wow. So, and then he doesn't look for the root, but he looks for a way to play around it, right. which leaves so much open space. And, and you know, suddenly there's this, this space and you can fill it. And then this. That's and the this. great thing about a trio. Yeah, that. Mm -hmm. oh, that interplay. Freedom. And then with Angelo, the same thing. He, he listens so well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he's playing. And he was sort of a protege of yours, right? Well, he came from from Detroit. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he's he's, he's, yes, he's a great soul funk player. Yeah. That and then he was playing in the army. Oh, yeah, I yeah. He, he had that background and uh, with the big bands, and so he's a real great jazz player. But he also is a great funk player. Mm -hmm. And 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 you see, sometimes I feel that people think you know, let's play jazz as a style. It's for me, it's not even a style. Uh, pop and rock are much more stylistic because the parts are much more formed, like in classical music. Right. Jazz is much more of a mindset. I can play any tune out of a jazz, classical, world music, uh, genre, you know, catalog, yeah. and do infuse you feel like it as, with as a jazz. jazz musician. Do you feel like that's important to keep an open mind? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's it's more the spirit of jazz then actually play ding 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 that's right. not jazz you know yeah. you you play that with a big band or with sinatra that's not necessarily jazz it's it, it's it's wonderful music it's more a style right but it's exactly and it, it's very well premeditated and very yeah written out and and but the jazz it's the, that that freedom that just mm -hmm. lets you go anywhere maybe now's a good time actually since we're talking about this why don't we listen to a track from uh, your your album so which which track is this oh this one i brought uh, 
uh, it's called Urban Cowboy. Okay. And, and you're gonna laugh. I wrote that tune, and and you're ding ding. It's like a funk tune, a uh, little a funky tune, uh, like a, almost a second line thing. And on the record, we improvise in the beginning, and I do stuff in the piano and some keyboard stuff and some clavinet, and then we get into the tune. And when I wrote the tune, actually, I was thinking of a person I know who's an urban cowboy. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we have some of those in Vegas. <laughs> exactly. John used and, to be one. No, he didn't. And you know him, too. He's a great guitarist, Jake Langley. Oh, yeah. Jake. Oh, yeah. Well, Jake, I mean, that's all. He's going to be one of our guests. Yeah. Yeah, good. Jake, Jake is, like, people don't know that. Maybe a lot of people don't know that he lives here, but, I mean, he's playing with... Oh, Jake is a no, monster. monster. <laughs> he's a total he's monster. in the business as, a, as the real deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He's yeah. a monster. He knows any style at the drop of a yep. hat. He's so versatile and a great improviser. And, and he and played with, I mean, one of the gigs he did was he played with the Dixie Chicks. Oh, yeah. Back right. in the heyday when they were, I mean, you know, playing straight up country. Mm -hmm. But that he's played with a million people, household well, named jazz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Joey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's. Well, I work on the record office. Anyway, we're so, going down a different road. But anyway. Anyway, so so that how the name because he was talking to me about you know when he moved from from Austin and uh, he moved the whole chicken coop. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and, so, so you're thinking of that he's an urban cowboy. And, and then I actually sort of sketched out the tune and I and he was playing a dispenser I put it in front of him and he played it. I said I, I wrote it for him after I was gone. Really? He <laughs> 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 was not totally together. Well, cool. like, well let's let's, uh, let's check out that tune. Yeah. And, uh, so, so this is, here the, it is. Uli, uh, sorry, Uli. Uli. Geisendorfer yeah. uh, trio and uh, and this is on, it's available on your record label, right? It's available on the record label and the record label's moniker and URL is www.vegasrecords.org. Perfect. Okay, so let's check that out. Really fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's very, very cool. <laughs> yeah. So, how many, how many, um, how many artists do you have on, on Vegas Records right now? Um, there is seven artists on there. There is. So we started with a trio. Then we have the Barry Govskis, which is Alicia Swigels. Then I have Carlos Mata Alvarez with his first album on there. Oh, okay. Miami Quartet. Then Julian Tanaka with his first album. Yeah, great. Then our newest artist, Jobel Yonelli. Okay. Then I do all the UNLV CDs, the jazz CDs, where the third one we just finished. I just got the CD, but the release will so be is, later. So is that the UNLV Jazz Ensemble? It's, um, it's usually a double CD this year because of the COVID. It was just a single CD which we scrunched together. It's all the ensembles from the university. Oh, okay. So wow. usually one so that's CD... that's a pretty big production job. <laughs> it's one, two, three CDs, yeah. Okay. Wow. So wow. usually one CD features the big band. One CD often featured actually the, the Latin Jazz Ensemble. I had a, have a huge catalog with them now. And then now other ensembles are really stepping up. It's great. The Contemporary Ensemble actually just won first prize for section uh, in Downbeat, uh, Julian heading them. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And... and and some of the small groups too. Of course, Patrick Hogan, okay. he's got one of his songs on there. And uh, then Estella Yoon had, had some of one yeah. last season. There's, I mean, there's, that's the thing, like, you know, people sort of tend to cast Vegas in the like, oh, bada bing, bada boom entertainment yeah. kind of thing, or Sinatra, whatever, which is fine. 
But um, but actually, I mean, like, there's a lot. We were just talking about it. There's some world class vocalists, some world class musicians that live here that people might even not even know. Right. Or I mean, Jake's a great example. But mm-hmm. I mean, how, so what's some of the amazing singers here? Michelle. Oh, uh, Michelle Johnson. Johnson Naomi Mauro. Tosha Como, Jobel Yonelli, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it it runs. And Savannah, our friend Savannah, Savannah Smith. Yeah. Savannah. Yeah. yeah. And and people. and there's, you know, there's. It's not that there's hundreds of great artists because it's not that big of a city, but we have wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, it's true because people. It, the oh. thing about Vegas, it, it really draws people from around the world. You know, I just so, I just went through all my CD collection. I'm gonna throw it away. No, because of COVID. So I built a whole rack. <laughs> I kept them all, and I was like, man, I haven't listened to any of this. So I just yeah. listened to the CD of Stephen Lee's. Oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah, it's. Badass. So Stephen, yeah. So Stephen, people that don't, don't know who he is, he's a guitar player. He's a guitarist. He was that... in a legendary band that was in Vegas for many years called Friends. But also, he spent the last what twelve years maybe with Donnie and Marie That's as right. their band leader. Yeah. Years, yeah. yeah. Um, which Long is a great run. gig. His his wife mm-hmm. Brenda's a um, a great really uh, wonderful keyboard player. player. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's another good example of that. Like somebody yeah. that a lot of people haven't heard of, but an amazing, a great guy also too. He's one of the first call guys. Yeah. Down. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah, Stephen and, and John Wiedemeyer, you know, yeah. sort of, yeah. and, and and Jake, sort of. That's the, the trilogy. Three, the trifecta. It's like your, yeah, <laughs> your, your big three, right? Yeah. yeah. And, if, you, and, if you can't get it done with those guys, it's not going to get it's it not done. Getting done. <laughs> exactly. You better stop. <laughs> so tell, tell us about your your new artist. Um, so Jobel Yonelli, she's a singer that um, originally, oh, many many years, lived in Chicago and really flourished in the Chicago uh, jazz scene and okay. and crossover scene, Brazilian jazz. Um, and she came to Las Vegas some 17, 18 years ago, uh, no, more than that, over 20 years ago, and started teaching at uh, university and started okay. playing around. And she recorded this wonderful album called Wrapped in Strings. Hmm. Uh, when she just got to Las Vegas, there was a gentleman, I don't know his name actually, who always put on a, an event where he had a jazz quartet with 21 strings. Oh, okay. Mm. And so uh, he hired Jobel to sing, which I said, I'm sorry, I don't have, you know, charts for that. Right, right. In comes Jolano, yeah. the master musician, another yeah. guitarist, he's if you can get everybody. it, who's played with everyone and who's an amazing writer. He's yeah. a wonderful writer. And so, how old is Joe now? Joe is in his mid 70s. Okay, because that was, that was, you know, he's one of those guys when I first came to Vegas, like, he was already a legend, and that was—I yeah, yeah. was like in 1988. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had just been playing with everybody in the world. He has this amazing jazz guitar player, and like yeah, I said, a ranger. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Um, and he grew up with Pat Martino, and and, okay. and you know the two of them don't take very much of each other, yeah. and and he's a really great arranger. So he, in comes Joe, he arranged everything, mm-hmm. and and they played the gig, and then Jabal was kind of like, man, that's such beautiful music. She got it together, uh, defined, let's record this, and she went in the studio, recorded it. Um, Stefan Carlson is on piano, who used to be the head of the jazz department. Okay. Yeah, he's and who I went to school with at North Texas. Oh, wow. That's yeah, when I did my undergraduate, he was a graduate um, uh, doing his ba- master's there, and he's just a badass player. He's been uh, pianist with um, Eddie Gomez for oh, wow. uh, over 20 years. Yeah, North Texas, wow. I mean, we, we kind of skipped over that, but North Texas State, which is where you went to school, yeah. right? Um, I mean, the list of players that came out of North Texas, and, and like, I mean, people haven't been there, so that's in Denton, Texas. It's about maybe an hour, 
outside of Dallas, right? Right. And it's like this little minutes. small town with this powerhouse of a music school. Right. And it's <laughs> been that way for, for what, 30 plus Forever. years? Forever, yeah. No, no, no. It, it started much earlier. It started in the 40s. Okay. Wow. And, and it, one thing that it, it inherited all the Kenton Library, actually, or much of it. That's why there's Kenton Hall, okay. which is our okay. jazz room. I didn't know that. Yep. And, and sort of that really put it, because all the big, you know, they have this huge big band tradition. Like when I was there, there yeah, was... Yeah, the one o'clock band, right? No. <laughs> One o'clock through nine o'clock. And then there was the reading band. Oh, okay. When my first band, I started the freshman, was the eight o'clock. Hmm. Which everybody, I was going, oh, eight o'clock. You should be happy. And I got in the zebras. Anyway, uh, it was great. And, and so starting at one o'clock, every hour there's another big band. And they all can read their butts off. Yeah, I, I mean, there's hundreds of... And sections. again, that, that's a magnet school for people basically all around the world, right? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And that's where Stefan Carlson, okay. Swedish. And he came to the guys like Dan Hurley and and a couple of the other people that, that were on staff there, the, the faculty, they did a lot of the Eversold camps. Oh, okay. Mm. They started there on the Eversold recordings as well. Yeah, which and is then, a big, that's a really big deal. That's yeah. also very big and in so, the scholastic jazz. Exactly. Right? That's when the jazz education started. With right. Yep. I mean, literally... And so they recruited from their jazz camps, they recruited the guys and they came oh, to okay. North Texas. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that history. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they had a lot of, like, Stefan Carlson. Was, was it the Music Minus One, right? The Ebersol? Oh, the Ebersol, no, yeah. Music Minus One is the classical. Music oh, okay. Minus One is, has been around since the 50s, and that was for all the classical musicians. Okay. They recorded the... Uh, orchestras and stuff for the soloists to learn. Right, so you can basically you play your part, but the guitar right. parts not. Right, right. Yeah. I think that, that's so genius. To and, do and, that. and that's what Abelson took it from. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. And okay. then he, he panned it left, right, so you can you know right. to yeah. pan out the drum, the bass, or the piano, and play along. The drums are always there. And, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so go, going back to um, your new artist. So we have a track we're going to play. Do you, you want to tell us about that? And actually, so did you produce the record? No, uh, that record had already been produced, okay. uh, been finished. It was just in the can, and then Jobel sent it to me. Hmm. And she's got like nine records that are nowhere to be found, and we start yeah. now to put that. And that's out. something that we were just talking about right. because, like, we I was I was saying like I it was, I mean I kind of do a bunch of different things. I'm part of it's finding new artists, and I also I see a lot of people redo they they release records, but they don't really have an idea for how to promote. It. Oh, so like you have these great records that they spent right. thousands of dollars on, and and no, they don't get heard. Like to me, that's such that's kind of a tragic thing. Oh yeah, and it's know? really hard to break through the noise. Wow, true. At yeah. the moment, and and, and that's, the, was that sort of your impetus or impetus for starting the, the label or? Actually, the impetus was I saw how many great players were here. Mm-hmm. You know, I played like with the Boneheads, Las Vegas Boneheads. Mm-hmm. I saw the new albums from uh, Julian, and then. Uh, Carlos and some other people coming up. Uh, Charles McNeil has an album that never came out. Yeah, it's Charles. laying there too. Um, and, and Charles, Charles has been one of our guests. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of our first, I think. Yeah, yeah. And and so that's laying there too. But the only thing that's missing is basically the cover work. Anyway, in due time, <laughs> you know, we, you got to go with the, the, the yeah, speed yeah, of the artist too. Right. And 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 so my idea was, man, you know, there is this. Las Vegas is known for its entertainment, but often entertainment is just seen as wallpaper, right. active wallpaper, and and I'm exactly the opposite. Yeah, you know, uh, I you know I there's a level music. of artistry underneath that underpins all of that. Right, that and that's why be... every one of us started. 
Yeah. We never started to become a wallpaper. We started because we yeah, loved the music. We wanted to engage people in some, exactly. in some way. Yeah. And so yeah. then I got like, okay, let's start this label. And then I started as a non-profit idea, which... Um, um, I it's complicated. Oh, yeah, 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 The bane of my existence. Yeah. Um, but um, so, but it's there and it will expand and it started like the last record that uh, Wrapped in Strings has gotten some real nice traction. And I've, that's far, I only have on Bandcamp where I have it now, my, so mm -hmm. my hub for it. And I want to see how it just stood there and it's done really well there. So now I'm putting it now then on iTunes and Spotify and, and everything and do the promotion and the other albums. I have four this year that go into Grammy promotion. Wow. And I've been, you know, member yeah. for a long time, a voting member. So now I'm, I'm putting them all in there. So the, the label thing, like people talk about, like, oh, I'm going to start a record label. Like, they don't really, a lot of people don't realize, I mean, to do it right. Okay. A lot of people don't realize what all this about. <laughs> Everybody that had, that I knew that has a label, that I ask about the label, the first thing is I said, don't do it. <laughs> this was the standard Unless sentence. you're willing to, like, basically. Don't like, do it. Yeah. That was the first thing. And then I said, I just laughed it off and say, now can you give me some pointers? They give me some pointers. And then I realized it's a jungle. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you literally. You're like going into a, a boxing match, right? <laughs> Did they all have the same? Without boxing gloves. Right. Yeah. When they said don't do it, was it all the same reasons or was it a myriad of, of, of things? Was there one thing that they pointed to that said, this is why you don't want to do this? Well, there are three reasons that sort of, if I would sum it up, the first reason is tremendous amount of work mm -hmm. to do it right. Yeah. And, and I'm plus still you're, you're plus and you're I'm teaching still, and playing and doing all that. I'm things. still trying to do. It's really a full time job, and and honestly, I don't have time full time to devote it. But I, you know, I do it as I can. It's, yeah. it's the only thing you can do. Secondly, so it takes a lot of your juices, also creative juices out there. Secondly, you'll need to build a whole network, and that's very intensive. A uh, whole network of people that you know where to promote the label, how to promote the label, and I'm just feeling I'm still in the beginnings of it, but it's mm -hmm. getting better. And then also it's it's the whole business, the financial mm -hmm. aspect. You know, yeah. uh, musicians and business sometimes it, it's that's it's, tricky. It's yeah. right, left, right brain, left brain, and th there must be a whole different brain that I'm just <laughs> starting to explore. Right. And it's it's oh god, it's mystifying. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, the reason is that you suddenly become a businessman on a totally different level. Right, okay. Suddenly, you are not, you have to think creativity totally different. And it's just, it, you have to really focus on so it. Does the, does and a fourth one that I almost forgot is that the whole music industry in the last 10 years completely turned right. upside down. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, everything I grew up with, you guys grew up with, it's, it's, it's obsolete. It's, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't apply. It yeah, does there. not apply. Right, mm. right. So then, so we all know that there's a there's the, the 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 tightrope between art and commerce. Just as a musician, right? On your just as an individual musician, oh, yeah. that must be much more intense. Being the guy whose name is on the whose name is on the label, right? I mean, trying to balance what your what your artistic vision is for a certain project, or your or what your thing is overall for the label, yeah. with Okay, now how do we at least how do we break even? It, how do we market? How do we, God forbid, turn a profit on something? How does that intensify? Well, first of all, I have shelved aside the idea to make a huge profit. <laughs> yeah. At all. And it's hard. I mean, jazz. Right, right, right. Hard. I mean, yeah. I'm that that idea. Although some people go like, "Are you nuts?" No, which is but, my point. Like, so. Yeah. So I'm doing it still just for the love of it and mm -hmm. trying to get stuff out there and hope. 
that the momentum will catch on right. and therefore comes from. So it's basically a huge investment mm-hmm. of time and energy and love. Um, but uh, since I put out my own music too, I put all my back catalog on there. Yeah. And it allows me to stimulate my friends. Mm, right. You know how satisfying and also, it is and that your, people your like content, right? I mean, yeah. Well, you make contact too, of course. Yeah. yeah. And but, and, yeah. and you, you elevate your standing yeah. virtually. It's always great. Yeah. But um, how satisfying is when people come to I have this and and you become a nurturer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because for me, that's what music is about. As well, it, kind of comes, it kind of almost comes back to your whole teaching. It's exactly. I was just gonna say it's right. exact the same thing, you know. But, but music is is like that. You learn something, and then you have to pass it on. And and because it, if you don't pass it on, it dies. It's like a muscle that atrophies right. too. Yeah. I mean, I find it. Plus, every time I get to a point, I have some really good students now. God, there's a couple of pianists who just kick my butt. I'm going like, okay, I show you this. So now show you all this. Now I have to come up with new stuff to show them. Well, with your, with your <laughs> artist for the label, so you're able to actually draw upon your years of experience, yeah, which is, it's nice to be able to pass that on, right? Yes, and, and, and you pass it on a different way. You know, nowadays it's not, oh, just play this. No, it's just, you know, think of the audience. Right. Think of how, why you would play that phrase. How can you, it's not about playing notes. <clears throat> it's about playing towards somebody else's soul. Right. You know, it's it's, the, it's about the connection. It's the intent of the music, yeah. and so I I now more and more in touch with being able to craft and and, and nurture and further the intent. Hmm. Like we have this one new production as well, um, which is country music but played on Eastern, uh, Western uh, instruments on a okay. cymbal and violin. Right. Two musicians from Moldova. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Igor and Valeri, and they sound great. Yeah. And they played all kinds. And I need to I need to check out. I mean, I'm I'm gonna start doing some stuff with you, promotion wise, but. Um, I, I want I want to even go back and check out because I know now it's you have a pretty diverse catalog. They're all different artists, very different. Like it's not yeah. just jazz, right? It's like Latin and it's no, like no. Everything. It's it's and it will. There's much more diverse stuff coming yet. Right. Um, yeah. At first, I was going like, let's focus. On, no, I'm diverse, so I focus on what I am right. diverse. Because we and talked about that. You're like, you're not, I'm not really just a jazz label. You want to kind of do like no, it's it's jazz spirit. Right. It has to have the spirit of. Um, Experimentation, experimentation, and and I find the person in there. Hmm. You know, I, I I get when you listen to the album, you get a feeling of like, wow, that there's, there's somebody speaking to me. Right. You know? Let's um, let's let's check out uh, Stubell, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's check out a track uh, from hers that you brought. Um, so what? So what's the name of this track from Stubell? Uh, so what we're gonna hear right now is "When in Rome." Okay. Very wooden lyric, actually. And as I said, it's arranged by Joe Lano for the jazz quartet and 21 strings. Okay, awesome. And and you hear it, and it's, it's uh, you, you hear the lyric. Okay, I'm excited. You're gonna enjoy it. Let's, let's check it out. When in Spain, for reasons I don't explain, I remain enjoying a brew Don't deplore my fondness for fundador You know how a fundador can lead to a few And baby, when in Rome, I do as the Romans do Wow, that's amazing with the strings. Is that done? I love that. And his writing. I mean, Joe Lano didn't give them a break. He wrote some yeah. stuff. I know he had uh, as well. When we're talking about um, 
the production he had to just yeah. do with some stuff away but just too difficult yeah to Joe's a genius Joe, Joe's oh. I, I would I mean I, I don't want to just classify him as of Sinatra era but he he, oh, knew, absolutely. he, he knew all those guys well he comes all out the original of, jazz right. Vegas jazz dudes he's a Philly dude okay Pat Martino right, him, right. Um, some of the other cats Philly jazz yeah. It's very straight. It swings Boris Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boris is great. Yeah. Ging, 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 yeah. It's ging. interesting how that is. Pepe right? Morolo. He does yeah. it all. Yeah. yeah. All these, I mean, that hard swinging, that hard, you know, as well that the way that it's, it's not none of this. It's with a whole arm. You totally engage. Yeah. You know, hear the every, phrasing. Hear every note. Yeah, the yeah. physical phrasing of it and, and, and all the chord substitutions and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's got in the chord melodies and, and he writes like that. And when you see his charts too, it's like it, Chris Gordon almost got like, Can you just write one chord <laughs> per measure, please? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because I, I remember watching an old Count Basie uh, video and uh, his guitar player, I can't think of it. Uh, Freddie Green. Freddie Green. Mm. And I'm like, literally, a different chord at every beat. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And he makes it look, and his strings are like a mile off the fretboard. He makes it look so easy. And I'm like, man. That's right. <laughs> That's the swing of the band. Yeah. Freddie, because of it, he had ching, ching, yeah. ching, ching. Yeah, he's driving the band. Yeah. He is the metronome. He's the groove behind the band. Right. And and it's funny. Actually, I did a track and I called Jake to play it. Okay. It was a medium swing, nice line. I said, you know, let's put it right there. And Jake, of course, knows the style. He just put it like suddenly the track swing. Yeah, swing. Oh, swing. Swing. Very swing. Yeah, very swing. So what, what's uh, tell uh, tell us what's coming up for you in the future, like in the media? I mean, obviously things have been a little crazy recently, but um, really, why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just just, just, just to talk about the elephant in the room. But... Uh, no, recently huh. things uh, calmed down for me. Really. <laughs> yeah, I, I, all of a sudden I've been very free with my schedule. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what's coming up next? Well, it, you know, I'm looking forward to, to open up the dispensary again. I yeah. have new plans for it uh, with a dedicated sets more, like starting at 8 yeah. o'clock. And we're talking about doing, maybe doing some streaming. Live first. streams mm-hmm. of the first set, the second set, and, and real set structure that we do it as a real jazz club. There's also another place with a different time schedule that I'm um, starting to put together. So I have a feeling by the fall. Do you feel like the live streaming thing is that that's going to be really more prominent moving forward for you and what you guys are doing? Or well, I think it, I don't know. For me, I, I have a feeling for everyone. Yeah, because it seems to it, be like the, new the last three right. months. If nothing else came out of it. Everybody now has succumbed to figuring out how to live stream. Yeah. For better, for better or worse, depending right. on yeah. the situation. For better or for worse. I mean, it's, it's the thing to do, and uh, it had to come. Yeah. I mean, the technology was there, so it was, in a sense, that uh, maybe Apple is behind the corona. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Conspiracy theory. Oh, oh I just got... <laughs> there goes our sponsor. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. that goes just, just kidding. <laughs> No, no, just kidding. But no, really, I mean, the technology and the people now are using technology, but yeah. everybody starts learning how to edit. Even jazz heads that didn't know how to switch on a computer, suddenly they're editing right. great videos. Well, the cool thing is, is, is what it does is it gets artists that people have not heard of. I mean, we've done some of that in Vegas with our live streams. Artists that people have never heard of, all of a sudden now they can become globally right. you know, heard or known or however you want to look at it. There's, there's no barrier, really. Anymore. Right, it's, it's democratized. Well... 
it's I mean that's the same thing for better say. or worse it's been right I mean even, no like, guardians, even yeah. like Spotify and all that kind of it's in a way it's sort of democratized music distribution mm-hmm. where you don't have to have millions of dollars to get your music out also which it, is, is kind it, of great in a, in a way and some, and some people have different feelings about that but. also I feel because everybody was stuck at home look at when Michael McDonald played from his house yeah it's just just him sitting at a keyboard right the, the angle doesn't matter the sound quality is good but not fantastic yeah. but it, you feel a soul it right? leveled yeah. everyone yeah mm-hmm. and everyone is now watching of course with their eyes video has become the thing that's okay but now the mega budget mega box for the production are hardly necessary yeah. but it shows you the power of a good song or a yes. good performer yeah you don't need all the artifice right. you don't it, it need actually, all of the ornamentation yeah it comes down to the music again so in a sense maybe there's a whole silver lining in this that the music became real again yeah mm. and, and less stripped it down and like less dj yeah. because i've seen i have a bunch of dj friends of mine too good ones and, and really good ones and, and some that just do it um and <laughs> oops anyway right. <laughs> it took me a second that was funny <laughs> thank you uh, come back here i'll be all week no, actually, no. Uh, um so and i saw only two dj live no three dj live streams mm-hmm. right. one techno one old school and one sort of in between right and and I have a feeling none of them not that didn't get it much doesn't trans it doesn't translate well. No, and, no. It, from, from, and the cool from, thing from is you really need the crowd energy and, the, and all yeah, yeah, and and you saw actually the live musicians that just even the ones that play on the street or just have the ukulele out, right. they get the viewers. Yeah, yeah. And rightfully yeah. so. I think it's it it's it's maybe music anarchy. Yeah, well, it's, it's yeah. Mm. Again, to me, it's like almost like the democratization. Like it, basically, the yeah. crowd tells you what's good. Instead of the label telling you what's good, yeah, right. Because people, you know, like if it's good, it's real. Like you said, it doesn't have to be yeah. like perfect. Yeah. I, I tell people that like the production doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be real. It has to be authentic and honest, yeah. mm-hmm. and then people will connect with it. You know, yeah. Um, we're almost out of time. Is there anything you want to say to maybe like what or what would you be your advice to like maybe younger musicians coming up that want to kind of break into the, to being professional musicians, jazz musicians. You know, follow your heart. There's only one time in your life you can do all this stuff. You can always become something else, but be yourself. Uh, try to be yourself and don't listen to anyone um, that doesn't give you advice that could lift you further. Hmm. You know, sometimes harsh words are very good words. Yeah, they can be. Absolutely. Yeah, somebody that says you sound like doo-doo, hmm. better get on that. Yeah, can be very good. Mm-hmm. Or your time is completely out the window. Or, dude, learn the right changes. Right. Like remember Lady Gaga when she played, it, how much slack she got for that yeah. <laughs> for that live stream. It's like, you know, as a young player, just put your heart in it. Yeah. You know, whatever you do, and it doesn't matter if you become a musician. I think becoming a musician being a musician just getting infected by the by the maybe infected bug. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> but go ahead okay. <laughs> oh, no I'm done <laughs> no but by being infused with a spirit there you yeah, go thank you <laughs> English 101 better um, so infused with the spirit of 
creativity that that then can flourish in all kinds of different ways i think that's the most important thing yeah and it doesn't matter what style you play style is just a different language yeah just, just a vehicle right yeah i mean it, it's it's uh, just have fun thank you so much for joining us Julie. like okay. i mean you have so much to offer um i'm i I would love to actually come attend one of your classes on some time and just kind of, because you have such a great energy. Well, That's something I've always liked about you. Yeah, I'll teach you online. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you can teach me jazz. Cause, but I, mean, okay. I, but, I, but I, what I like about you is that you're open to all kinds of music and that you have a positive energy. And I think that's so important because music can be tough. It can be challenging just trying to survive. But I think, you know, keeping that energy um, is so important. Oh, yeah. Not only about music, but in life, right? Well... You know, it's a choice. Yeah, true. It's a choice. I remember, uh, without going into detail, I've, I had a period where I was really down and out. Uh, just a little while after I moved to New York, there were several factors to it. And, and, and specifically, a friend of mine taught me, you know, you know, it's your decision how you react to any phone call or any news. The actual phone call or the actual person or the actual news is, is neutral. It's your reaction that actually puts it in one place or another. Hmm. Even somebody tells you this is awful, this is all. It's your reaction. You are deciding which way you entertain that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually. I mean, I think that's a great. And I've said this very, similar. Very, I said similar things of like you know we could. It's like just waking up in the morning. Like, is this going to be a good day or a bad day? Bad day. That's that's really a choice. Right. You know, yeah. what comes is just what comes. Yeah, it's, especially it's a very stoic way to. In terms of a sto stoic philosophy, it's a very, very stoic yeah, way well, to it's, it's just, you know, uh, if you take it with Buddha, life is suffering. Right. So, welcome. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, then put it yeah. in the blues. Yeah. Write, some, yeah. write some suffering music. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an attitude because you, you're alive. You have to go to bed. You have to eat. You have to do other things. That the human condition hasn't changed in the last 5,000 years. Right. Now we have iPhones, but we still yeah, are the same. Yeah, it's all the same stuff. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's love, the death, and wait. Sorry, and Samsung. Um, I don't know how you tied in with sponsoring. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but it's it's just, you know, and, uh, I think if you try to somehow find your own voice, it helps you be, be positive. Yeah. Because you, you know, um, the more you... Maybe the more people that say it, there's some validate or you get validated the more it helps you as well staying with it and then right. you pass it on and never forget the joy you glean out of something you know yeah which is I, a good thing for musicians right now and all and entertainers yeah. in general yeah. or artists in general remember, oh yeah you yeah, can't yeah. work per se you've got to remember why yeah you, we mentioned this earlier why you started doing it in the first place but it, when i was young when I just started playing, when I was, you know, writing music, 12, 13 years old, uh, I always loved to write my own songs. I was sitting at the piano, my little white upright in Munich, and, and maybe the sun shone in, or maybe it was at night, but I suddenly gave imaginary concerts. I remember mm -hmm. that. And the music, it just flew, uh, flowed from me, and it probably sounded, you know, barely all right, but I had such happy moments there yeah but music infused me in the spirit i could not i didn't have the chops to manifest what i mm -hmm. really wanted but the energy was there yeah right. and i think that's the, that's the whole thing that keeps on you, you just learn how to put the energy to better use mm -hmm. like i when i was young i did you know, 
my late teens, I had a lot of chops, but didn't know what to do with them. So it took me about <laughs> dozens of years to finally right. figure out what's the right thing. Yeah, anyway, we've all been there. But so much, again, thank you so much for joining us. And um, what, so how can people find you online? Um, two things. First of all, you can go to my website, ulimusic, ulimusic.com. Okay. which is in dire need of upgrading, but, it, it's, <laughs> but it's there. It's there. I mean, there's my previous life there. And and then you can go to VegasRecords.org, okay. which showcases as well all my albums. You can download them there, make a donation, make me happy. I have kids that need to be fed. <laughs> They're growing, let me tell you. <laughs> Yesterday, my son just outgrew my wife, so... <laughs> So I tell you, yeah. these people are growing and they eat more, need more I know, meat, uh, whatever, you know, it's unbelievable. Cool. So we'll, we'll put, um, yeah, we'll put um, all your contact on our yeah. information for the podcast. And, and, and nobody, please, if you hear that, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can tell me anything if you liked it, if yeah. you didn't like it. If you want to do a production, if not, I'd love to listen to your 13-year-old yeah. And you're, you're open to submissions too, right? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Absolutely. That's good to know. Um, is John, last words? I just want to say it's great to see you again after uh, um, probably a year. I don't think I've, we've seen each other in, in a while. It might even be more than a year. It, you could be right. Yeah. You could be right. It's just wonderful to see you, man. It's <laughs> it's it's great to sit here and and have a sense of normalcy, right? Talk, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talk, exactly. talk about what we just, love. Just stuff that we enjoy, yeah. Right, yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for helping us out with exactly. the, the, the reprieve from... From the rest from the outside world. <laughs> you you helped me out just as much. I got up in the morning and like, okay, great. I got something to do today. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's a reason to leave the house now, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, we'll awesome. just, uh, give a special shout out to our friend Ken, our engineer. Hi, Ken. Hi, Hello. Ken. He's yeah. hanging out. Um, he's gone above and beyond, and we appreciate um, all the help. And also, we're coming to you from the space um, LV podcast studios in Las Vegas and it's an awesome place and they've been doing amazing things with fundraising for artists in, in Las Vegas so we definitely want to give a shout out to them and Monday Start and uh, our friend Mark Chinook who's an uh, announcer for ESPN uh, Top Rank Boxing who uh, runs this shindig here <laughs> he's an awesome guy so yep absolutely so thank you everybody for <laughs> joining us on everyone's favorite quarterly podcast yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. We're gonna to try to do this uh, uh, on a on a more regular basis. Back to our um, regular schedule. Yeah. Yes. So keep keep looking out for us. Um, check out our past uh, episodes. We have some great guests on those episodes. Available on Spotify, Podbean, right. iTunes, and SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bunch of seventy five different networks around the world. Okay. So we're we're global. <laughs> We'll have to consult people on the business side of things. Yeah, so, and also yeah. we want to give a special shout out to our friend in France, uh, Nigel. Yes, um, Nigel. Nigel's the editor for Jazz in Europe magazine and Jazz Tribe, and he's also our um, executive producer. And we appreciate everything that he does. And, our and he's he's kept the the fires burning under the <laughs> circumstances, so that's def very appreciated. Um, so great, thanks for joining us, everybody. Absolutely. See you next time. Bye, Willie. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that does it for this week. Join us again soon for another edition of The Groove Coast. And thanks for listening. And remember, life doesn't have to be serious. It just has to be groovy. <laughs> <laughs>